So if you're buying a bar or restaurant and you can't get the liquor or food service permits in time, should you delay the closing? Hey everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify podcast, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses. This week, I've got a question that came up as a comment on a YouTube video that I put up a few weeks ago, and I honestly can't believe I haven't even, I've never talked about licenses before or permits, and it's a great topic because I've got a bunch of stories to share about how licenses and permits can affect um, the closing of a deal. In fact, in the contract that I use, the offer document that I use, uh, there's a big section on permits and licenses um, because it is something that comes up often. And here's the thing that that many people are not aware of because most people live in one place and they do business in one place. But because I work with people all over the place, uh, I can tell you there's a big variation Uh, from one jurisdiction to the next and how this stuff all plays out. So what we're going to talk about mostly in this video are the types of things you need to learn uh, before you finalize your deal or maybe even before you make an offer if you intend to buy a business that is regulated in some way, requiring a permit or license or something like this. So first of all, um, you know, a lot of the times when you buy a business, Um, You're going to use some kind of corporate structure, and this is to limit liability um, as well as for tax purposes, right? Um, A lot of the times, permits and licenses specifically um, circumvent that what the lawyers call corporate shield. So they say, that's great. If you want to incorporate Dave's Burger Inc. and you want to own this burger joint, that's great. But we require a food handling permit or a food service license or or something of that verbiage, which is going to have to indicate a specific person who is responsible for making sure that things are okay. Um, Sometimes with liquor licenses, for example, we have this. And so that person is sometimes called the nominee. And so even if you have a giant corporation, the Walt Disney Company, for example, every one of their specific restaurants or bars may have an individual person attached to those licenses. And and I'm not sure what the licensing re- re- regulations are in Florida, but here they would have that. So there has to be an individual. Why? Because if the business were ever caught, for example, serving underage drinkers, the police want to know who to arrest. Okay, So they want an individual to have a, their neck out on the line, so to speak, to make sure that the rules are covered. Sometimes for things like food handling permits, you need to have people with certain certifications. So, for example, you might have to have people that have a certain food handling certificate in order to then operate the business, even if you have a, a you know permit saying that the restaurant passes all the compliance rules with respect to uh, the equipment and cleanliness and all that kind of thing. So it may not even just be the business that requires certain licenses, but you have to make sure that certain employees have certain certifications and permits. So if you're looking at this kind of business, you need to find out who exactly is the body that issues these licenses and permits, and am I fully aware of all the different ones that I need? For example, some permits could come from a state, for example, a state government, and other permits could come from a city government. And so you have to make sure that these things are coordinated. Here where I live, um, 
sometimes the people who handle the food handling and the the permitting of the restaurants actually don't really care who is owning the business. So, so for example, there have been deals that I've done where the new owner couldn't get a permit for the restaurant, a food handling permit, in time. And when they call up the Department of Public Safety, the people who issues those permits, the, the person who is supposed to be the inspector has been to the restaurant recently, and they know the people who are working there. They know that they're certified with the food handling course. And so they've just said to people over the phone, that's fine, I'll get out to you next week. Just keep the current permit up. So what does that do? Well, it, it actually creates a liability for the seller because their name is still on that certificate. If the seller is okay with that, sometimes deals have closed. I wouldn't recommend you do that because here's the thing. If it turns out for whatever reason you can't get a food handling permit for that restaurant, you've just bought a business that you can't operate, which is, of course, something you want to avoid. So I've always had clauses and conditions in my offers saying that the whole thing is contingent upon and could be delayed by the issuance of permits, licenses, etc., that are going to be required to run the business. Some other examples of crazy things that have come up over the years. Um, I had a pizzeria joint once, and they had been operating for over a decade. And the fire marshal would come in regularly for an inspection, like once a year. And these guys had always passed the inspection. So when the buyer made an offer, that clause in my offer document says that, you know, it is assumed that the business will pass all inspections in order to run this kind of business, which makes sense because they've been operating a pizzeria there for 10 years. You would assume that it's okay to operate a pizzeria there. So when the buyer made his application for a food handling permit, one of the things is that the health department notifies the fire department to go and do an inspection to make sure that everything is up to code in the kitchen. So the fire marshal showed up and guess what? It didn't pass. So they were supposed to have a fire suppression nozzle for every piece of cooking equipment. You know, a couple of them, um, fire suppression nozzles over the oven and over the deep fryers and all this kind of thing. Anyway, they were short one nozzle. And so even though it had always passed every inspection before, this time the fire marshal actually counted them and said, no, you need an extra nozzle over this piece of cooking equipment. The seller protested saying, this is crazy. It's always passed before. Now you're telling me it doesn't pass. Well, the seller was the one who had to actually get the adjustments made. They had to call in the fire suppression guys and add the extra nozzle at their expense because it's reasonable for a buyer to assume that if you've been operating a pizzeria there, I should be able to operate a pizzeria there with the equipment that I'm purchasing. So you need to ask, you need to find out what the process is. When I was in California last year, almost a year ago in January, um, I walked past a bar that was up for that that was changing hands. It wasn't up for sale. It was changing hands. And the reason I knew that is because there was a form stuck to the window which said that an application had been made to transfer the liquor license from one person to the next because of the sale of the business. And this little sign had to be posted for 30 days for members of the public to register complaints or file petitions or, or what have you. So in that case, not only are we talking about understanding what the different rules are as far as qualifying for a license or permit, we also have to deal with the problem of confidentiality being removed from the deal. So it's now a public matter that somebody is transferring a liquor license from one party to the next. 
And so we need to make sure that the deal is arranged in such a way that we have the opportunity to back out as buyers in case something should go wrong. If, if a local residents protest or, or have some kind of grounds for preventing the transaction from occurring, we don't, we want to make sure that we don't lose any deposits or anything like that if something of that nature should happen. So what I would recommend is you start off by looking up websites for state and local governments. Think of everything you can think of, fire, health and safety, inspection, building inspection, food service, liquor service. Often these things are different. Learn about the different grades of food service. So for example, where I live, there are, I think, five different levels of food preparation licenses that people can have. So, you know, if, if you're a corner store and you want to warm up hot dogs on one of those machines, it's like level one. If you want to actually prepare food from scratch, it's a different level. And if you want to prepare food to take it to another location for catering, it's another level. And then the topmost level, of course, is preparing food that's going to be packaged for resale through, you know, a retailer, like to take to the grocery store, for example. So you want to learn what all the different levels are. You want to find out what grade or permit is in place already in the business. Make sure it matches. Are, do they actually hold the permit that they need for the stuff that they're trying to do? I've run into many places where they get you know, uh, the food permit for creating meals and serving meals, and then they start making stuff and they sell it at the farmer's market. Technically, they don't have a permit to do that. But if that revenue is part of the cash flow that you're acquiring as a buyer, you need to make sure that this business is going to qualify for that level of permit. The other thing too, is that sometimes different levels of government will require different inspections. So for example, um, here in Canada, if you want to prepare food and then have a cross, um, you know, prepare food for resale, then you have to be inspected by the provincial government. If you want to prepare food and send it to another province, you have to be inspected by the federal government. And I'm sure the same kinds of rules probably apply in food processing in many other countries around the world. So learn the different systems, learn the permits, learn who issues them, and then go and create relationships there. So I've had instances where I've been working with buyers who were experienced in the restaurant industry. They had their own food handling permits, for example. They made a deal to buy an establishment that was already existing, and over the phone, they were able to call an inspector and were told, I'll issue you a permit today because I know the place, I know it will pass, I know you, and I know you're a good operator. So sometimes it can happen in a day, sometimes it can take 30 days. It all depends on relationships, the processes, and just how bureaucratic the whole process is going to be. So if you're going to go and buy a business, sign up for Business Buyer Advantage. Um, if you listen to the holiday chat recordings that I was releasing over the holidays, more than half the people in those calls had done Business Buyer Advantage and they all had good things to say. It's a great course. And if you miss those holiday chat calls, only email subscribers are able to get them. And the good news for you is that if you haven't yet subscribed, when you subscribe, you're going to get a welcome email, which will have links to all nine of those calls for the 2019 season. With that, I'll say see you later. Have a great day.